talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome into View from the West podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Greg Armstrong. I'm joined by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, you're back. Welcome back to the podcast. We got some conferences to preview. Are you ready to go? Greg, we're uh, we're eight days out, so we gotta we gotta get these out and get them posted. So because uh, we're gonna be talking about game recaps before we know it. <laughs> That's right, and that is very exciting stuff. So in today's episode, we're talking all about the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. We'll break down both sides of the conference. Now, Mitch, there was some debate on Twitter on whether it's still the Rock and the Mississippi or the East and the West. I yep. think to keep things simple, I think we're going to say that the uh, the East Division, we're going to call that the Armstrong Division, okay. and the West is now going to be the Stormer Division. So I that, think that we've coined our own terms, and we're going to go with that. How about that? Yeah, if no one else can figure it out, we might as well do something on our own. That's fine. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much to everyone who listens. If you're not already, follow along on Twitter. That is at ViewFromWestPod. That's on Twitter. You can also search us, find us on YouTube. Just search View From The West Podcast. You'll find us on there. And of course, subscribe, follow along on any podcast platform that you listen in on, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify. Go out there and find us and, uh, you know, give us a subscribe, give us a, a like and a review. You know, we love all that stuff. So, Mitch, let's jump right in, and we're going to start in the Three Rivers. And like I said, it used to be called the Mississippi Division. Now it's called the East. I'm taking the lead on this, so I'm saying it's the Three Rivers Armstrong Division. Yep. This is, of course, consisting of Kiwani, Bureau Valley, Mendota, St. Bede, Princeton, Spring Valley Hall, and Newman Central Catholic. We're going to start with Kiwani. And Mitch, I think, uh, you know, when I start looking at the Boilermakers, this is a team that they finished two and two in the spring, but I think they have pieces back. They got nine guys who were on the team who've been playing and starting since their sophomore year. So um, Coach Swanson talked about a lot of senior leadership. They have uh, quarterback Will Bruno, who's returning, Josh Nimrick returning, uh, wide receiver. They have three wide receivers returning. They also have several linemen on both sides. They have all three returning linebackers. So just a lot of talent from across the board. This is a team that I think could make some noise on this side of the division for sure. Yeah. Um, like you were saying, they, they have a nice mix of senior leadership and, and guys coming back. You know, they're trying to get back in the playoffs like they did. Uh, it was 2019. Um, obviously, we didn't have any in the spring. So, um, yeah, this is a team that has 40-some players on the summer roster. So, we, as, we, as we'll talk about in this conference, we're going to see teams that are dealing with depth issues. Uh, and this is not one of them because they have, uh, at least on their summer roster, they have a lot of guys. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's one thing that I think people are quick to forget about because the spring season had no playoffs. So you look at Kiwani and say, all right, fine. In the spring, they were two and two. But man, they were a playoff team in 19. So mm -hmm. I think in 19, they surprised a lot of people and they made some noise. And there's still guys that are playing who had all that experience, including playoff experience going back to 19. So this is a team that seems primed 
for this year. The spring was maybe a way to work through some things, get some guys experience, as we've seen with a lot of different teams we've talked about. But again, this Kiwani team seems like a team that they're ready for this fall season. They're ready for a full season of football. Yeah, uh, and Coach Swanson kind of echoed that, um, you know, that they, you know, everybody went through so much during the pandemic and, and you know, he doesn't want to take anything for granted. And so every every film session, every conditioning, every weightlift has meant so much to that team. And, uh, you know, when you have guys, like you said, like Will Bruno, uh, you know, Josh Nimrick, uh, and that's not even to mention Jordan Johnson, who might be their most explosive, explosive player. So, uh, yeah, look for, look for Kiwani to really make a good run. And, uh, like we said, they're going to be, they're going to be trying to vie for that playoff spot, uh, just like they did, uh, the, the last full season that was played. Yeah, definitely. All right. We're going to move down the list to Bureau Valley. And now Mitch, what I love about this is when I fill, when I sent out our coaches preview forms to start the season, the first one I got back was Kiwani. The second one I got back was Bureau Valley. So yep. Coach Swanson and Coach Pistol, I really appreciate you guys are all over it, getting that form in, giving us, giving us the information that we need. So we're jumping into Bureau Valley, the storm. And Mitch, they were one of the teams that made our UniView top 10. So yeah. we already like Bureau Valley. Yeah, they're going to, you know, uh, win or lose, they're going to look great. And we, uh, you know, a, a team that – in the past, uh, past couple of years have, uh, have dealt with, with depth issues and, and maybe their record hasn't reflected, um, the way that they want it to, but, um, they've got nine starters returning on both sides of the ball, Greg. Yeah. And I, what I really like is, um, Leighton Britt is returning as a running back and he was an impact player for him last year. And then you also look at, um, Jaden Mitchlig, who coach said is the fastest player on their team. And he also pegged him as, he can score anytime he has the ball in his hands. So, I mean, that's high praise. If you have a guy who's that dynamic and can put it together, there's a lot working for you. Um, what, you know, like you mentioned a little bit, they do have some depth issues, but I think they have a lot of experience. So like any team, when you start talking like the 2A level, 1A level, especially, everybody needs to stay healthy. And a lot of times, you know, unfortunately, that's luck of the draw. But- yeah. If, if this Bureau Valley team can stay healthy, I don't think you're going to see the results you've seen the last few years. I think that this team has been through a lot of tough times, but I like um, what Coach Pistol has put in place here, and he's got this program moving in the right direction. I just feel like eventually wins are going to come, and with the experience they have in a full season, you know, hopefully they can get it done. The other thing to look at, they've talked a lot about fundamentals, and for any yeah. team, for any team who's struggled, I think that's where it's got to start. You know, winning football starts with doing the small things right, doing the little things right. So I think that's where it starts for them. And one other thing we should mention is they move over to the other side of the division now. So they'll face some different teams than teams they've faced in the past. One Mm -hmm. interesting one that stands out is um, they now have Princeton on their schedule, which that's a nearby close by rival. It could be a tough matchup for Bureau Valley, but it is fun that that one is back on the schedule. That's a game that they're such close rivals. They don't play, you know, football on a yearly basis, but it's fun to kind of get that one back in the mix. Yeah, that's that's one thing that this this kind of conference reshuffling uh, brings. Obviously, you know, losing losing Fulton, uh, you lose some rivalry games, but you're going to get a lot more uh, that we haven't seen in a long time. And like you said, Bureau Valley is certainly going to have a couple of those teams that they see on their schedule. Um, 
you know, you brought up a good point that a lot of teams that we, that we've talked to and they're, they're dealing with depth. All of them have really said that they're really getting back to that fundamentals and they want to make sure that they're fundamentally sound tackling, blocking ball security, keep, you know, uh, keep the penalties down. Um, Cause you really have to be real sharp on all that. If you don't have a lot of players to, uh, to choose from, um, so the, yeah, coach pistols doing a great job. He said that he thought his team had a great summer. Um, he thought even with the numbers that they do have, they all have a real firm grasp on the system that they're running. Um, and hopefully that will help overcome, uh, any depth issues that they do have. Yep. So Bureau Valley opens at home against Riverdale. Riverdale's a team we'll talk about in a few minutes and actually we should backtrack real quick. Kiwani will open also at home against Monmouth Roseville, another team that we will talk about just yep. a little while down the road here. Let's go to a new member of the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, Mendota. And with Mendota joining, again, that kind of creates some interesting rivalries. It goes back to, Mitch, do you remember the old NCIC conference? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the old, the old NCIC conference has some renewed rivalries here when you're talking about Kiwani in the mix, um, Princeton, Hall. So that, that's a lot of fun for Mendota to join back into this mix. Um, coach Keegan Hill, uh, he brought the Trojans to a one and two record last year and going back a few years, this is a Trojans, Mendota Trojans team that has struggled, but coach Hill says this is the most depth they've had in four years. So I would think if you get depth on your roster, that's a sign that kids are buying in kids want to be involved in football in Mendota. So hopefully that's a good thing for the Trojans moving forward couple guys that they have coming back in potential impact players. Um, Ted Landgraf is a quarterback. Damian Magalanis is a running back. Emilio Perez, a wide receiver. Isaac Smith, the wide receiver. On the other side of the ball, Christian Tellez is a linebacker who's back. Uzi Angulo is a defensive lineman who's back. And Omar Gonzalez, another guy on the line. So they have multiple three-year starters at the varsity level. So although this team has struggled, you know, it's another team that you peg looking back in the spring. Did they get some experience, get some reps? And sure, they, you know, they took hard times. They didn't get all the wins they wanted, but they were able to get some experience. So I think they're hoping that a solid senior and junior group will be able to work well together and get this team back to competing. Yeah, certainly a, a good opportunity for, for Mendota being the new members of this conference where they're going to fit right in I think in terms of style of play size of the team um you know but they're they're going to be really just focusing on raising the standard like you said they go one and two in the spring um they, they're going to want to improve on that and I wouldn't you know take too much into that record because obviously the spring was you know a lot of teams were going through multiple different uh you know maybe strategies and things of that nature getting guys experience so I, I don't take much in that record um, cause coaches said that they're, they are growing on a daily basis and they got eight more days and then, uh, it's time to go. Yeah. So they're trying to get things moving in the right direction. They will open the season at home against Erie Prophetstown. So move down the list to the St. Bede Bruins and Mitch, they had a good spring last year, but it seems like they do have some pieces to replace heading into the fall season now. Yeah. Uh, one of the surprise teams of the spring, really, you know, they got all six of their games in, which was great. Um, they, they were five and one. Um, I, I, off the top of my head, I should have looked this up. I don't remember who they lost to, if it was Newman, if it was Princeton. Um, but yeah, they, they have a lot coming. It, it's a mixed bag. I will say they have a lot coming back. 
they have a lot to replace. Yeah, I think we um, read off the name last year. Tyreek Fortney was a guy over 600 yards, 10 touchdowns last year. He was a guy that I remember referencing several times. So he's a big piece that they have coming back. And um, they also have um, Ryland Hearsink is a three-year starter. And um, Jace Ledzinski, who's an anchor on the offensive line, so they have some pieces coming back that I think should make a big difference for them. And like you said, they were kind of one of the teams that stuck out to us in the spring going five and one. Yeah. Um, like you said, Fortney is a dual threat. Uh, you know, he can, he can run down your throat or he can catch it out of the backfield. And uh, Ledzinski was all conference selection at linebacker. So they really got strong, uh, you know, cornerstones on their offense and their defense. Um they do have to replace quarterback Braden Damerall. He is gone. Um, and that'll come down to a couple of guys that they're as of the time that we're recording this, that they're trying to fill the void with it's uh, two guys, John Brady and Calum Setzer. So look for, for new experience under center there, uh, in, in Peru St. Bede, but they, uh, they've got pieces that'll help that when you got a new quarterback, you want to have pieces around you and they're going to certainly have that. Yep. So Princeton or uh, sorry, Peru St. Bede will open at home against Sherrard. We'll move down the list. Next team on the board, the Princeton Tigers. And Mitch, I'd say we talked uh, several times, more than a few yeah. times about them in the spring. They obviously, they finished 6-0. They were a team we penciled early in the spring last year to be one of the best teams in the area, and they proved it. They, they ran yep. through their schedule. They played a tough schedule. We figured out that they played the defending state champion in Lena Winslow and beat them. And then later in the year, they played an undefeated Fulton team or no, maybe Fulton did Fulton have one loss at the time or no, they were undefeated at the time. When I they think played. they were undefeated at the time they played. Yeah. Yeah. And they got that win. So they played a tough schedule and took care of business at six. and zero. it will be a different looking team for Princeton this year. They lost their quarterback from a year ago and they also lost Rondé Worrell's who was such a dynamic player for them for multiple years at running back. And he was kind of that power speed combo running back that they could really rely on in the backfield mm -hmm. this year. I think the offense will look a little different. Like I said, last year, I think they were able to really go with Worrell's first and then they could play action pass when they needed to yep. this year. I think uh, Tegan Davis will be at quarterback for him. He was an athletic playmaker playing wide receiver, some slot receiver. I don't know if he played running back as well, but he, he did a lot for him as a dynamic playmaker. He's moving into the quarterback role. And I think from articles I've read and things I've heard from Coach Pearson, he seems like a guy that's really going to be a difference maker. And the things will look a little different in the Princeton offense because of his skill set. Yeah. So uh, like you said, a lot of or, yeah, big shoes to fill, I should say, um, on that offense for a team that has really dominated this conference the past couple of years. Um, but they do return six guys on offense and defense. Um, they, they're going to have a lot of team speed, a lot of athletic guys, even like you said, Deacon Davis is playing a new position. I don't think you're going to notice it because uh, he's one of those dynamic athletes that they have. So, uh, you know, Coach Pearson and the Princeton Tigers, they're really just going to be looking for some guys to step into new roles. Um, and so that they continue, they can continue the trend uh, that they've been on in this conference the past, it seems like four or five years. Yeah. And we saw a couple of names going down the list on offense for them. Bennett Searins was a wide receiver that we called on last year. We called his name. Augie Christensen was a running back that we said his name. CJ Hickey, Logan Glancy at running back on the defensive side of the ball, Drew Harp at linebacker. 
um, Carson Etheridge, uh, linebacker, Danny Shikaki, Shikaki on uh, a linebacker as well. So they do return a lot of guys who made an impact. And I think that they will continue to do that. I just, I really like this Princeton team because coach Pearson has them coached well. And I think that they are a team that has had success and that they have that winning mindset. And I think going into this conference, like we've talked about in the past with like, you know, Alina Winslow type of team, Princeton is the team to beat in this conference. So I think when you play them, you got to prove that you can beat them. And so I think they go in with that mindset. I think they're going to be, you know, good once again this year. They open at home. They got a tough test in week one. It's one of the biggest matchups in the area in week one. They're at home against Rock Ridge. We'll get to Rock Ridge in a minute when we get to the other side of the division. But I think we both know with what Rock Ridge has coming back, that game has big time potential to be a must watch. Yeah. Um, and even looking down that schedule, a manageable, a manageable schedule for Princeton, but you've got a tough task in Rock Ridge week one, and then you've got Newman sitting there at week six. So um, like I said, you're, you're in that, that East division for Princeton. Me personally, I think they, they will do well. they will be that, They'll be one of those, probably one of those three teams between them, Rockridge and Newman to, to vine for that spot. So when you start in week one, you really got to get off on the right foot because you've got to have that quality win against Rock Ridge because uh, they'll be another one of the teams vying for that top spot in the, uh, in the division. Yep. Let's keep looking down the list here. A couple teams left to run through in this side of the division in the three rivers, Spring Valley Hall. Spring Valley Hall has been a good team over the past couple years. Last spring, the record is only one in four. But Mitch, I think that they have a lot of pieces in place that should get them to a little bit better record in the fall. Yeah, um, you know, they, they are one team that returns a lot of production. They've got 80 percent of their touchdown production coming back on offense. Um, you've got senior leader and Gabe Lucas. You've got running backs that are coming back. One of the big names there is Dominic Garini uh, and uh, Mac Wretch. They are both all conference players on both sides of the ball. So again, one of those teams that maybe don't take too much into their spring record um, because they have, you know, uh, a lot returning. Um, and in that East division, they can compete with those, you know, what I would think are the top three teams. So uh, look for Hall to make a run and, and certainly improve that record from the spring. Yeah. They will open up against Hall they, or I'm sorry, Hall will open up at home against Orion. There's the sentence I'm looking for. Yep. And uh, again, another one of those NCIC, those old NCIC teams that, you know, they get that renewed rivalry with Mendota and Princeton and down the list. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. The last team last, but certainly not least in the three rivers athletic conference on this side of the division, the Newman central comets. Mitch, very good program. And now it's, you know, easy to forget because we've already gone through another football season. They're still defending state champions. Don't let that slip. They're still 2019 defending state champions. Of course, Brandon Kretzmer's crew, three and one last year. They only played four games. They're only lost coming to Princeton, right? Was it Princeton? Yep. So, you know, they um, played a tough schedule and and they're going to be a good football team. And, you know, Coach Kressmer, you know, he's not trying to reinvent the wheel out there when he says, we're going to play blue machine football. Yeah. That's, you know, we can re that quote for the last right. 40 years. And that's, yep. you know, that's what they want to do. But if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to want to run the ball. 
and they're going to play tough defense. Again, yeah. those are the things that we reiterate <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> year after yeah. year. Yeah, but- if, you, if, you, if you walk the Newman grounds, those are the, the three pillars that are there every year is play blue machine football, <laughs> run the ball, and play tough defense. That's it. That's the key to success. That's all you got to do. And, and it works. So, yep, Mitch, who are some sure. guys that they got? Um, you know, take me down the list here. Yeah, the, the big the big uh, name that stands out, a guy who I think is going to make a lot of a lot of noise is uh, Ethan Van Landuit. I hope I uh, pronounced that name right. Van Landuit. Uh, yep. Uh, Marcus Williams, Brennan Cook. They're all the, that's that's a three headed monster there at the running back position. So uh, if you're going to run the ball, it's good to have those three guys to do it. Um, and, and really, they're on defensive side. They bring up a, a lot of uh, a lot of experience too. Uh, guys who played in that state title game that were sophomores at the time. Um, I'm looking at some of these, some of these names and numbers. You've got all state wrestlers. You've got guys coming back who had four picks in the game. That's Owen McBride, you know? Um, so they're going to be young. They only played four games in the spring. Um, and they are, as they would say, inexperienced. I don't know if I would use, use that word, but maybe across the board they are. Um, and they've got to be ready because, their week one matchup is, is one of the better rivalry games for, for my money uh, in the state and certainly in the conference. I was just going to say, yeah, their rivalry, they open up in week one, they're at home against Morrison. So, yep. you know, that's a rivalry that goes back years and years. And, and that's always a tough game. You know, the guys you mentioned, I think that stands out to me is um, Van Landuit had 10 tackles in the 2019 state title yeah. game. You also talk about Will Rude, who was a defensive lineman, who was an all-state wrestler, and the name Rude, I mean, the, there's been several that have gone through the yes. human program, you know? And um, uh, Owen McBride, like you said, also made a big impact and has had a big impact on this program already. And, you know, he's ready to be there now to kind of take the lead. So, you know, it's no surprise that Newman has football players and the depth ready to go. So I think that there'll be a team that contends in this division but they got a tough test in Morrison in week one. And we'll, we'll yep. talk about them in a minute here, but um, Mitch, you want to, you want to take the lead. We'll switch over to what used to be the West or sorry, what used to be the rock, which is now yep. the West. We'll right. just call it the stormer division. Yeah. See, see, we can't get it right either. So we'll just, <laughs> we'll just go with that. So yeah, we're, we're talking, we're talking my division, the West division um, and the, the, really the rest of the teams we haven't talked about. That's we're talking about Erie Prophetstown, Monmouth Roseville, Morrison, Orion, Riverdale, uh, Sherrard, and then Rock Ridge. So um, this is this is going to be a great division. Uh, you're going to see a lot of good competition. I think this is going to be one where you see teams that that are going to come in at that, you know, five and four, six and three. I think you're going to see, and really this is for the three rivers in general, I think you're going to see a lot of teams that make it into the playoffs this year. Um, and, and don't sleep on those records because this is just a quality conference and uh, you know, five and four teams are going to surprise some people just based on who they've played. So, um, but getting into it, but preview wise, I guess we'll start there in Erie Prophetstown this year, uh, or I should say uh, here in this preview, they're coming back. It's, it's experienced offense there for, for the Panthers, uh, coach Abbott. Uh, they were one and four in the spring, um, but they've got an experienced offense and they're going to try and balance it out with a defense that, uh, that needs to be rebuilt a little bit. So, um, the good news is on the offensive side of the ball, they've got Colby Franks. He is maybe one of the better dual threat weapons that we're going to talk about this year. Um, they've got great guys in the backfield. They've got offensive line anchored by Jacob Otten and uh, Mason Misfeld. So, uh, you know, Provincetown, um, Erie Provincetown, I should say, I'm sorry. 
um, showed some signs last year, despite being one and four, showed some signs, showed some signs. And um, I think they're going to certainly make a move in this division. Um, Keynote for them is that sometimes they, they rotate their home games this year for anyone listening, all of their home games will be in Erie. Um, And so that is where, uh, that's where they're going to have to play this year. They're playing in Prophetstown next year. That's interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know that in the schools that share different um, fields, I don't know I've ever seen that, but it's interesting to give one school a whole year. And then if they give the next school, the other school, the whole next year, like that's very interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's how they did it. I played at both places. So, yep. um, but yeah, they are playing every home game at Erie this year. Yeah. I think in years past, they've split it up a little bit, but I really like the combination you referenced of, Frank said quarterback and Sibley at uh, running back. Those were two names we called out at the end of last year um, when they were putting up a lot of yards in wins and in losses, but they, you know, they looked really well or they, they looked really good together, you know, leading that offense. And I think when you have multiple returner returning starters on both sides of the ball, I think that experience is big for a team like Erie Prophetstown looking to, you know, flip the script a little bit and get back onto the winning side of things. You know, they want yep. to be a balanced offense and play fast defense. And I think with some of the teams they're going to play, when you look at a Rock Ridge or a Morrison with those type of speed teams, I think that's a huge asset to have. You're going to need to do that. Um, Erie Prophetstown will open on the road at Mendota. So that's a team we already referenced. And Mendota's looking to get off to a good start too. So th- this should be an interesting matchup. I'll be really curious to see that where that one goes. Yep, no question. Uh, it, it kind of pivoting what you had just said, a team that's looking to rebuild from where they were last year uh, leads us right into Monmouth Roseville, a, a team that went 0-5 in the spring. And again, as we've talked about so many times, you don't always have to look at that and say, wow, they, that might not have been a very good team because we don't know what they were going through. We don't know what they were trying. But what we do know is that they've got 15 letter winners coming back, seven, uh, including seven starters on offense, nine on defense. So maybe one of the more experienced teams really that we're even talking about in the conference. So uh, coach Jeremy Alderson is not even concerned about that spring record, I'm sure. So neither should we, because uh, they're going to try and get back onto that, that winning, uh, the winning track. And they've got, they've got a good player in Derek Chandler, who's going to help them do that. Honorable mention last year. Um, I'm sorry. Honorable mention as a sophomore and second team as a junior, uh, he's a running back and a defensive back. Uh, they've got a senior in Logan Bratcher coming back. So like we said, this is a team that is going to make noise in that, in that division um, and get back on that winning track. Yeah. I was looking down the list of names that uh, Jeremy Adolphson listed as um, impact players. You got Chandler, which you referenced 27 tackles a year ago and a forced fumble plus an interception. You have Aiden Davis, 29 tackles. You have Andrew Gunn, 30 tackles. There's a lot of productivity coming back on that defense. On the awesome offensive side of the ball, Chandler, who we already referenced as a threat on the offensive side of the ball as a running back. But then you also have Charlie Fletcher returning as a wide receiver who is productive in five games. Silas Braun, a junior quarterback who Adolphson pegged may be the best quarterback he's had in his years of coaching. And he's only a junior. So Adolphson's high on this guy. Yeah. And this kid. And I think that, you know, if he can show some things, this will look like a much different Titan football team than what we saw in the spring. Right. Like I said, if you have those pieces and you have 15 letter winners and, and 
uh, what was it? 16 starters. Yeah, that's that's a recipe for success. So uh, really excited to see uh, to see them this year. Uh, Greg, where do they open up next week? They are on the road at Kiwani. So again, like there's just a lot of intriguing matchups in this first week where it's like, where are teams going to go? Because, you know, what we look at and think, well, this team has potential and this team has potential, but it's like somebody's got to lose in week one, you know? So, right. Or, yep. And on the flip side, somebody's going to, you know, get off to a good one and no start. So it's some really yep. interesting matchups there. Yep. Uh, moving right along here, uh, a team that that I certainly talk about more than any other team. Uh, <laughs> the more And really – maybe one of the more intriguing teams in this division uh, this year, because they do have uh, a new coach. Greg, what do you know about the new coach there in Morrison? So, yeah. So Steve Snyder was a head coach at Orangeville for one year. He'd been a longtime assistant in Orangeville and he was from Orangeville, played there, grew up there. And, uh, you know, reading the um, article about when he made the move, um, you know, he called it kind of a, you know, a new challenge and trying to step outside maybe his, comfort zone and to see what he can get done. And like we talked about in our original season preview, what I like about Snyder in this job with Morrison is he's a guy, he's a coach who is used to dealing with the depth issues, or if you got low numbers, I mean, Orangeville was one of the smallest 11 man programs, maybe the very smallest 11 man program when he was coaching there and they went to the playoffs. So He's used to doing, you know, things to get his teams ready to play, regardless of how many or the size or whatever. And Mitch, I think when you start looking through this Morrison roster, it's going to be another fast Morrison team. That's that's kind of their calling card the last few years, especially. Right. Well, and, you know, even generally speaking, this is a team that's a couple years removed from a quarterfinal, uh, you know, a quarterfinal trip. Uh, if that was 2019, I believe it was, and they yep. played uh, Anwan Weathersfield, and that game came down to the last seconds. That was almost a semifinal team in Morrison. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, they're going to have team speed. They always have team speed, no matter what the record is. Um, shout out to their track program because these—that's where these kids are, are really getting that. You've got Alex Anderson and Justice Brainerd coming back. They were both on the state four by four team that that placed fourth. Um, so look for them to get the ball in the backfield and look to get it a lot. They do have to replace their quarterback. Nathan Helm was there for, for a while. Um, they're going to look to, to young guy, Danny Mao. He takes over at quarterback. Um, I was listening to an interview with coach Schneider, um, and, and obviously some of the players too, they love him. They, you know, it was immediate. As soon as he got there, you know, he was there every day in the weight room, you know, every day at the practices. So, uh, he already has, uh, you know, that, that bond with the players and that's really going to help him. I think come the fall, um, you know, like, like we said, a team with a lot of speed on offense, they do have experienced linemen that are going to open up the holes for them. Uh, coach Schneider did say he wants the defense to be more aggressive. And I think where he starts there, um, kind of like we talked about with some other teams is getting back to those X's and O's fundamentally. Um, so I don't know if, if the scheme is going to look a little different or maybe they're going to do some, some things on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but like I said, I, I think they went two and three in the spring. Um, didn't have very good performances against, I think they lost to Fulton yep. and Newman, Newman. And I don't remember who their third loss was too, but, uh, Rock Ridge, they lost to Rock Ridge. Um, and I think they got blown out in all three of those losses to very good teams, but I don't see that happening this year. Um, cause I think they'll, despite any, any lack of numbers that they're going to get back on track. I think they hung around in the Newman game, but overall, like their three losses 
are against probably three of the best teams that we talked about all spring. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like that was a gauntlet of a schedule. And I know, I mean, no, nobody wants to hear the excuses. You know, every, every team's got to right. play the schedule in front of them. But I really feel like they played a tough schedule. And it doesn't get any easier in week one for them because right. they're on the road at Newman. So, you right. know, they, they get tested again right away. But that, you know, that they're up for that challenge. This is a rivalry right. they're used to. They know this one. Yep, they've, they've had it circled since the fall. And, and really looking at their schedule, you know, and in this division, they've got Newman to kick it off. They've got Rock Ridge in week six. The other seven weeks are winnable games for Morrison, I think. So, you know, if they don't go seven, two, six and three, five and four, are certainly uh, a very realistic expectation uh, and yet another playoff uh, trip for Morrison, I think, is in the future. Yeah, I think that we've talked about it a little bit. I think this is a really hard conference to predict this side of the division is really hard to predict, but you're right there. There's a team there. There's an opportunity there for Morris. And I, I believe that. Yep. Um, moving down here on the list, a couple more teams to talk about, uh, Greg, I want to talk about the best dressed in the, uh, <laughs> in the state that we talk about here or, or in the, uh, the area that we do, uh, we're going to chip fuller in, in Orion. Um, That's right. Chip, chip filler coming up with the uniform game, getting him number one. And uh, I think he tweeted out the, uh, you know, look good, play good, or uh, I can't remember. Look, what he, look, what he, look good, feel good, play good. That's right. There it is. Yeah. Look good, feel good, play great or whatever, whatever. He, thank you for the help there. Yeah. yeah. So Chip Filler, he's, he's got his guys looking good. So what are we, yeah. uh, what are we looking at in the, in the fall? Yeah. The, yeah. The, now the past, you know, they've done, they've done two of those things well. Um, and so they're trying to get the whole trifecta because, you know, one in five in the spring, um, and that's an outlier. Gonna, we should start. That's an yeah. outlier record for this Orion program. Yeah. One in five is not, I mean, is not a record they're used to seeing. It, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's an, it's an outlier for them, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm just going to keep saying it and sound like a broken record. We don't take a whole lot of stock in that because, uh, you know, this team returns six starters on offense and seven on defense. So like Mammoth Roseville, a team that really brings a lot of, of experience back. Um, but they do need to reload on the offensive and defensive lines. So they've got a lot in the back in the offensive backfield and in the defensive, you know, back seven or whatever it may be. Um, they're, they're pretty good, but they really got to get better up front. Um, they do have some quality players. They, they really do. Um, on offense, it is tight ends. They're the main target, Quinn Hoftender. Uh, they've got a junior running back in Cole Kratzberg. Uh, and Jared Moore is going to be under center. So uh, a, a really good offensive unit there. They do have on defense Maddox Monzinski, uh, who is going to make noise. He did last year and, and in years past. So he's really going to do very well for the Chargers, I think. Um, and, and again, looking at their schedule, they, they start with Hall. Um, yep. Back-to-back games. See, now, and now that I do look at it, they do kind of go through a gauntlet. They get, they've got Princeton, Sterling, and they do have to play Rock Ridge. So they do have three of the tougher teams in the conference on their schedule, tough draw for Orion. Um, but that's how you get better. You have to play the best to be the best. Um, and I have, I have no doubt that, that coach filler, uh, is going to be up to the challenge there. What's interesting on their schedule is they start with three cross division games. So their first three games, Hall, Princeton, and Newman are all playing the other side of the division. And man, if you're just a circle teams before the year starts, at least guaranteed Princeton and Newman were two of the three you'd peg as being the yep. toughest on that other side. 
So they were done no favors in scheduling there. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I said, Chip Filler and, and that crew, I mean, they're up for the challenge. That That's a team, that's a program that we're normally talking about deep into the regular season as being contenders and into the playoffs too. So yep. I think, you know, they're looking to bounce back and they'll, they'll have to earn it. You know, they'll, they'll yep. certainly have to earn it in those first couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, another team looking to kind of bounce back. Uh, we're going to go to Riverdale here. Uh, Coach Derricks, they were 0-4 in the spring. Um, but they've got a talented group group of guys who have really seen a lot of playing time at the varsity level. Um, but as as they've kind of been hit with the past couple of years in, in Riverdale, they're just they're low on numbers. So they do bring back a lot of experience, um, just, just low on numbers. Um, and, and again, like we've talked about, those are the teams that you look for that are really going to be good fundamentally because that's what they have to rely on when they have low numbers, but you do have a, a returning quarterback, a dual threat guy, uh, Gage Hugart, a very good player for the Rams. Yep. He's got two, he's got the Jennings to throw to Cole and Caleb, and he's got Reese Richmond and, uh, Mike Benote to, to block for him. A couple guys to look out for, uh, guy Derek's kind of mentioned as newcomers, Eli Hindi, Trent Doty, Patrick Gannon and uh, Shane O'Haver. So they, you know, they, as we talked about, they, they've got a, a mix of guys coming in, coming back, and they're going to have to rely on, on players that uh, need to step up. Yeah. Like coach, uh, you kind of referenced and uh, coach said it as much, you know, low on numbers in Riverdale, but a decent amount of varsity experience. I think, you know, what I read and what's interesting is um, he said, you know, they got a lot of guys who have some talent, who are really working hard and buying in. I think that's yep. what I've always been impressed with, with coach Derricks over the years and watching him coach is that he gets guys to really buy into the system. And yep. I think if you can do that and, you know, wins didn't come or wins haven't been coming in Riverdale, but if you get guys to buy in and man, just believe that, you know, one touchdown is not going to kill you in the first quarter, just keep mm -hmm. grinding it out. I, you know, I, I like that some of these guys, you know, are back with experience. I think they'll sneak a win out here somewhere. You know, they'll sneak a couple wins out somewhere. Things go right. If the ball bounces right, maybe they're in contention late in the year too. They well, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say that they start off in an intriguing matchup, uh, two teams that, that didn't win in the spring and that's going to change week one. They, they, they go to Bureau Valley. So one of those teams is really going to start off on the right foot and get a win. Um, and looking at Riverdale's schedule, they, they've got Bureau Valley and Mendota. They do play Rock Ridge in week three. And after that, they've got uh, division matchups aside from St. Bede to close out the year. So um, I certainly don't expect Riverdale to have, you know, the repeat uh, records of past because I, I think that there's some management here um, with what they have. Yeah, I think if things, if things go well, if, if things bounce the right way, there's potential wins against Bureau Valley and Mendota. But on the flip side, we've talked about what Mendota and Bureau Valley have. And I think it could yep. go the opposite way too. I hate, right. you know, I'm not making any bold predictions here. I'm not yeah, making bold right. statements, but I really do feel like all these teams, like we've talked about, are going to be competitive. And these first couple weeks of the season are really going to dictate which teams are heading in a positive trajectory and which teams are headed down. You know, I, I think mm -hmm. you're going to see some things in those first three weeks. Yep. A uh, couple more teams to talk about here in the, uh, in the West. Uh, again, I, I said Morrison was an intriguing team here, but this is another one. This uh, in Sherrard. Um, Sherrard was, was three and one in the spring, which 
you know, Sherrard hadn't had a winning season since I think it's like 2009 or something like that. Yep. Um, that it was a very senior driven team. So it was good to see those guys get their wins uh, in that shortened season. But Brandon Johnson comes into a, a really good situation. Longtime assistant at Moline. Um, I, I think Greg, this is a, I think we talked about it in the last podcast. This is a really good fit. Yeah. So Brandon Johnston was the assistant coach at Moline for a year or two. And um, he was out of the area for a year before that he had been at Anawan Weathersfield for 10 years. And he kind of built, he built that A&W program up to the standard it is now and what it's carried on to be. Um, I really like the hire. I think it's a, you know, it's one of those impact hires that Sherrard really needed. It's kind of that shot in the arm for that program. Um, it seems like they graduated a lot from a year ago, but coach talked about in his preview that he sent to us a tremendous amount of leadership on this roster. So you got to love a coach who comes in and can immediately recognize kids that are leading the way, kids that are stepping up and wanting to keep this program going in the right direction. So that's, that's exciting for any Sherrard fan. And especially, you know, for Brandon Johnston as the coach, um, looking down the list, um, Wyatt Doctorman is a wide receiver, a senior coming back. Um, Brennan Crack is an offensive and a defensive lineman. You got a couple um, honorable mention in all conference area, Dylan Russell, Walker Anderson, um, you know, guys coming back who've had some accolades. And those guys, like I said, are a combination of some skill guys and some linemen. So I like that you're getting, you know, that good mix. There's guys spread throughout your team that have had that impact and had that experience. And they certainly, they have some other positions to fill too. Um, quarterback looks to be a sophomore, Holland Anderson. Um, he's listed at several different positions, but quarterback is the first one on the list. Um, another wide receiver in Brody Bernier. So, you know, a lot of guys that need to kind of step up and find their role quickly, but man, you got to be excited if you're Sherrard because you got a great hire and a head coach. And you have that positive momentum from a three and one season. You've seen success up close. These players saw some wins and that Sherrard program was desperate to get that. Yeah. Um, And kind of like we talked about at the beginning when we're talking about Sherrard, a real senior driven team last year. So they are, they are lower on numbers at their junior and senior level. And so, like you said, they're going to have a sophomore quarterback. Uh, So they're really going to have to rely on younger players to step up. And and that's uh, that'll be a fun challenge for coach Johnson. Uh, and, and for that program, um, looking at their schedule, uh, they go to a tough start, really. They go away to Prue St. Bede. Not only is that a tough team, that's a tough place to play. Um, but then they come they come right back, and, and they've got winnable games on their schedule, I think. So um, look look for them to, to be right there. Uh, and, you know, looking at the schedule, you could see – you could conceivably see five wins for Sherrard and, and hopefully get a playoff spot because I think they can do it. Yeah, that would be huge – momentum for this program. I mean, just that next step, you know, getting a winning season in the spring was great, but man, a playoff berth would, would be huge for coach Johnston in this program. Yep. Uh, we're going to save, uh, the best for last, I guess I would say, Um, (laughs) yeah, certainly one of the best in the spring and, and certainly a team that we pegged, uh, on the last podcast we were talking about as a team that we think is not only, I'll say it. They are my favorite to win this division. Um, and they do have some crossover games where I think that they can really make a statement as being the top team in the conference too, and then make a run in the playoffs. And that's Rock Ridge. Rock Ridge is going to be immediately tested. You look right away on their schedule. 
Week one, they're at Princeton. Week two, they host Sterling Newman. So the, the Three Rivers did not waste any time getting into things this well, year. And what's funny about that is that those are two teams that they didn't play in the spring. So you, you, you know, you saw Rock Ridge go six and oh, who didn't they play, you know, in that, not to take anything away from what they did because they put up like, you know, 65 points a game. Um, but those are two big glaring misses from that spring schedule. So yeah, uh, they get thrown right into it in weeks one and two. Um, the good news, Greg, is that coach Henry, um, He's got maybe the best offense coming back in the whole <laughs> in the whole conference. He's got some horses coming back, that's for sure. Yeah, go through the list here. Yeah, um, and and again, like we talked about with a couple of different teams, they do have they do have uh, voids to fill. So it's not like that. Rockridge is going to come back with with everything because they did lose some kids to graduation. But and it's a big but when you have Braden Deem, Peyton Locke. And, and Nate Henry coming back and, and locks a junior. He'll be back next year too. By my count, that's over 40 touchdowns last year. Um, in six uh, games. In six games. And again, I, I said 65, but I, I think it was like 56, the points yeah. per game that they put up. Yeah. It, it seemed like every week that we talked about it, you know, every, every Sunday when we did the recaps or whatever, it was like, Oh, Brady Deem had five touchdowns, Bait lock at six. So, yeah. um, you know, any gaps that you do have to fill certainly um, <laughs> can be overcome when you have guys like that on your offensive uh, offensive side. Um, and, and Locke and Henry, too, are two of their top guys in the secondary. They're both all-conference players on the back end. So um, I, I can't say enough about, you know, being excited about this Rockridge team. Um, not only just in general on the season, but in those first two weeks. I really want to see – you know, I don't want to say prove it or, or show me that you were for real. Cause I think that you were, but now here's your chance to really do it. Yeah. You've talked all about, I mean, you know, Dean and Locke and Henry and also Connor Dean is um, a sophomore wide receiver. So he's another dynamic weapon in that offense. The question becomes the line play, the play up front for mm -hmm. this team. Um, Connor Schaefer is back as a senior defensive lineman. He'll be a big impact up front. He's a three-year starter for them. So he will be the leader. He'll be the face up there. But the question becomes, do they have guys around him to really create holes, create the space for these guys, these skill players to work in? And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think, you know, if you got to roll the dice, yeah, you want the playmakers there. You know, I, I think you'll take your chances with what you can make work on the line. But it is going to be, I'm sure it's been a point of emphasis in this, you know, summer leading into this fall, that's where they're going to have to really make sure there's, they're prepared and ready to go. Yeah. And, and coach Henry, you know, um, had said that, that, that there are two big areas that he wanted to improve upon from last year, as good as it was, you know, this is what good teams do. They, they take what they, you know, they don't really rely on their success because they're always going to be building on it. So you go six and no, but he still came up with two big areas that they wanted to do. And that was to have consistent effort and to be physical. And those are two good things to have in the back of your head going into weeks one and two, because you're absolutely going to need that. So all that talent is, is going to take you far, but you're playing two monster teams that you haven't seen in a little while. Um, 
and like I said, this is your chance to really, to really show it. So um, coach is already ahead of the game on that. He, he wants the team to be the most physical on the field. Um, and that's really something that they want to have consistently there uh, at Rock Ridge. Man, I just getting back to where we started here, just Princeton versus Rock Ridge in week one yep. and Newman versus Rock Ridge in week two. It is yep. just, wow. We are going to see some really good football right away. And, and obviously those are two, you know, crossover games. So they'll, you know, Rock Ridge will then jump into divisional play for the next uh, four weeks, five weeks after that. Um, their only other crossover game down the road in week eight is against Kiwani. Um, yep. So, you know, but man, they'll, they'll be tested early and it's, that is going to be a ton of fun. Like, yeah, if I'm- I mean, the, the, <laughs> we're only a week away and it's, it still seems that it's, I wish it was tomorrow and it still seems so far away in the same, in the same breath. So yep. uh, yeah, I can't, cannot wait for that one. Well, Mitch, it's getting here. It's getting close. So thank you so much for joining me for running down the three rivers athletic conference to those listening. You can also tune in to our other preview season preview podcasts. We've already recorded the Western big six preview. That one's been out for a week. You can also find the Lincoln Trail Conference and the Northwest Upstate Illini. Those two conferences are combined in a preview. So, Mitch, you're going to join me for that one. And Kyle Kampmeyer is joining me from the NUIC and NUICfootball.com. He knows all about the Northwest Upstate Illini. So anybody listening, make sure to go listen to that podcast as well. But, Mitch, thank you so much for being here. And the next time that we talk, there will be results in, yep. there will be final scores. There will be stats. All the talking points will be there. Yeah. All of that. And in big games that will really alter the season right away. So can't wait. That'll do it for this week's episode of view from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple podcasts or Podbean and subscribe. So you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.